So thank you for coming. Thank you for carving out time. This time of year is insane. I'm really, really hoping for a nap today. Because if you're like me, you've got party after party, thing after thing, wrapping, shopping, stuff. And it's all fun for the most part. It's fun. It's good. But it's kind of exhausting, right? Um, So thank you for carving out time to come this morning and to be here with us. Uh, My message is titled, Move. Um, Oftentimes, the Lord will speak a phrase or a word. And it's probably because I'm very simple-minded. And I just need something real simple and tangible to grab onto. But the word I heard was move. And I was like, all right, that's a good word. I don't know what you want with that word. And so I'm going to kind of break down what the Lord has been speaking to my heart about that word move and what he wants to move us to, what he wants to move us into, how he wants to move us, and why we are not the ones that are supposed to move, right? I think if you're like me, I like to do it. I'm like, I got it. And I try to make that happen. Um, And the picture that he gave me was a picture of a person sitting in a chair, kind of like a chair like we have here. And there were the big arms, the strong, wonderful arms of God behind the chair pushing this person. And I thought, what a weird picture. The chair did not have rollers. It wasn't your fancy office chair with the rollers. It was just a chair that doesn't really move on its own. And I thought, Lord, what does that mean? God can move us in a chair right? There wasn't any help from the feet. There wasn't any wheels on the chair. God was going to move the person in the chair. And so that is the picture that I got. We're going to talk about this morning. So there's three words that I feel like go along with this just to kind of break it down. The first one is connection. Understanding who. Who are we connected to? So that's the first thing we're going to talk about. The second thing is purpose. We need to understand the why. And the third thing is movement, understanding what. What is it exactly that we're doing and being being moved to? So we have to stay connected to him. We have to understand the purpose, and we have to move. There has to be movement involved. So let's start off with a story. I like stories. Jesus told stories, right? So I got out all my Christmas lights, and we don't decorate the outside of our house because... I don't know why, because we're lazy, because it's expensive, because our neighbors always do it better. I don't know. We just have never done it. And even when the kids were little, they would, why don't we have any lights? And I'm like, ask your dad. I don't know. And so we've never really had lights. So Acacia and Cadence this year took some lights, and we just are in a new home, so our trees are like twigs. They're not really trees yet. And so they wrapped the lights around the trees, and I was like, great, we have outdoor lights. So one afternoon, I had a little time, and I thought, I'll go out and I'll put on some lights. We have a long fence on the side of our house, and I thought, we could just do that. We could just line the fence with lights. So, babe, will you come up here for me? So I got out all these lights, and if you'll just, like, hold it and walk that way. Awesome. So we got out all these lights, and... Don't you feel like every year when you go get lights, you have to go buy more because half of them don't work, even though you just bought them the year before? So I got them out, and this is what happened. They were all tangled up, and I untangled them. And lo and behold, I found this. Let me go over here. This, where the lights all of a sudden don't work anymore, right? And I was super frustrated, but I'm like, that's part of the problem, part of the process, right? And so I think you do this too. I shook the heck out of them. (laughs) Like, come on. 
I know you can work. And so they didn't really come on. And so then I was faced with the dilemma, do I throw them away? Do I string them and just have half of them working, which is possible? Um, do I just not use them and hope they work next year? Because I tend to do that too, and then I do the same thing over next year. Um, or do I troubleshoot and try to figure out where the problem is? So, babe, if you'll hold it right about here. So I began to troubleshoot, and I got, in, you know those stupid little baggies that they give you with the little lights that don't ever help? Um, I got out the lights and tried to, like, unplug a light, found the hole, tried to find it. Um, and sometimes this happens, and the rest of the lights come on, and you're like, yay! Sometimes you can plug in that light, and it still doesn't work, and you're stuck with that dilemma of half lights on and half lights off. Thanks, babe. We're just going to leave these right here. So that got me thinking when I was doing that. And again, God often speaks to me about simple things. So I thought, huh, this is kind of like my life. Half the lights are on and half the lights are not on. Half of my life is thriving and half of my life is not thriving and it's interesting because those lights on the rest of the string, as we just saw, they are purposed to shine, right? Once we got the one light on, the rest of the lights were shining. So it's not that the rest of the lights are broken or unuseful. They're just not shining. And I don't know if you're like me, but that's sometimes how I feel in my life. Like, I've got all this greatness. I've got all this purpose. I've got all these ideas. I have all this stuff that God has planted in me. But for whatever reason, it's not shining. Hello? Is that super frustrating? Super frustrating. So we're going to talk about that. So why doesn't shaking work when you shake it? <laughs> Do you often do that with your life? Like, if I just shake it up or rah, get mad or get frustrated, is it going to cause the lights to come on? Sometimes it works. I just want you to know you should always shake your lights. Sometimes it does work. And then you're like, don't move. Because if you move them again, they're going to go back off, right? So sometimes the shaking does work. But I have found usually when you shake them, they go on and you get all excited. You're like, yes. And then they don't work anymore. And I have found sometimes in my life, the shaking might work for a little bit, but if I'm not going to the source, it just kind of fizzles out. It doesn't have any sustenance to keep going, right? And if you're a parent or you're a control freak, which I'm neither of those things, just kidding, and you try to shake your kids like, okay, I need to see godliness or integrity or I really need to see this in my kid's life, and you begin to shake it, right? Like as if that's going to help the problem. So shaking isn't really the answer. So a few weeks ago, I was in this place. I found myself irritable and grumpy, and I was snipping at my family, and I could tell that something really nasty was brewing in my heart. Have you ever been there? You can sense it. And sometimes it takes my kids to go, Mom, do you have a headache? And I'm like, wah, wah, wah. I'm like, I'm a crab right now. I need to get right with the Lord. Um, and that didn't even happen. I am an adult, and I recognized it all by myself. And I thought, I am not in a good place. 
I don't need my man to tell me. I don't need my kids to tell me. I'm not in a good place. So I decided to do something about it instead of just shoving it down and pushing through. And I took off. I got in my car, and I drove. I drove all the way to the mountains. There was not a sound in my car except for my breathing and my crying. And for me, that's a release. We all release different. We all process different. But for me, just being on the open road with quiet and my tears was absolutely wonderful. So I just drove and drove and drove, drove up the mountain until I found a spot. Creek was running down the river. There's some big boulders. Pulled over to the side. I thought of safety because I used to do this before we got married. And Mark found out that I would find a place, hike up a bit, throw out a blanket, and no one knew where I was. And he's like, you cannot do that ever. So I was perfectly safe off a busy road. Got my blanket, sat on a big boulder. And that number one thing I was talking about, number one is connection. I needed to connect my heart back to the source. Connecting that light back in where it can shine. Because there was a problem. And honestly, I don't even know what that problem was. I just know I wasn't in a good place in my heart. And some part of me, and I think you'll find this too, when you're kind of in that place, you can call it a funk, you can be grumpy, however you would go, okay, I'm not right. I'm not full of joy. I'm not displaying the love of God or walking in the fruit of the Spirit. It's because we tend to take that place or that thing and we disconnect it from the source, right? We disconnect it from the presence of God. We disconnect it from Him. And then we're like, what's wrong? Right? Oftentimes we don't even know. I just know everything's going awry. I just know I'm super angry right now. I just know I can't forgive anyone. I just know, ah, And we get in this place, and then we're trying to figure it out, and we're shaking those lights, and the Lord's like, could you just calm down? Could you just plug back into me? Right? So that's that connection piece. So once we take that part to the Lord, so that day I sat on the boulder, and I determined when I left that morning, I am not coming home until I am right with Jesus whatever this thing is that's brewing in my heart until I can get it right with God. And sometimes that can be moments. And sometimes that could be hours or days or seasons. But that day I'm like, I am not going home until I have peace in my heart. And so I sat on that boulder and I just cried before the Lord and I repented. And God brought things across my mind that I was like, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, I said that. Kind of the brown, yucky, goop goopy stuff that was in my heart was exposed and so I decided I'm going to lay it before you Lord I surrendered I repented I listened I spoke we had a conversation I cried I released and then the peace of God came and I was like huh, I'm good and I got in my car and I went home Now, that can happen over seasons. That can happen over days. There's a bazillion different ways that we can connect with God. The key is, are you connecting with God? Do you have areas of your life that are frustrating or or causing you anxiety or, you know, you know because it feels yucky, right? You know. Is it possible that you've taken a part of yourself and disconnected it? Intentionally or not. I mean, sometimes we're like, God, you're doing it wrong. I'm so mad. Taking it away. I'm in charge. 
right? And there's other times we don't mean to, and then we just find ourselves like, oh, I am totally disconnected from the Lord in this area. And I'm not saying all the lights are on or all the lights are off. There's, like I said, we're human, right? There's a lot of areas thriving, and there's some areas that aren't really thriving at all, you know? So Romans 13:14 says, "But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh." We put him on like you put on clothes. We, we it's a choice, right? We have to choose to stay connected. And it's not like, okay, when I turned 19 and I totally surrendered my life to God, that was it. Never have to do that again. Daily, minutely, secondly, Whatever it takes, it's an intentional, ongoing choice to plug into Jesus, to plug into Jesus, to stay connected to the vine, right? Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespass, made us alive together with Christ, with himself talks about by grace you have been saved he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places how awesome is it that Jesus Christ the king of kings lord of lords savior of our life lover of our soul I mean we could go on and on about who he is that guy that God hey Kara you want to hang out with me everything I have is yours everything joy peace love grace hope it's, it's yours. That's what he's saying to you. Everything that I have done, it's yours. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to hope it comes to pass. You don't have to pay me. Nothing. It's yours. You are a child of the king. There's more in that scripture, but that's my version. So number two, purpose. We have to understand the why. So once we're connected to the Father... Our lights are shining, right? Isn't that the whole point? We're salt and light. We're supposed to go out. We're supposed to let him in, and then we're supposed to let him pour out, right? We're not supposed to be like the Dead Sea where we keep getting stuff in and nothing's going out, right? The whole purpose is to let him in, change us, mold us, look like him so that we can go out and multiply, right? Duplicate. So Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. So if we go back to the lights, except for where did I put it? Over here. If we go back to these lights... And we plug this guy back in. This is where we want to be, right? And let's be honest, our life is never going to shine every single bulb in every single area of our life. Glory to God! I am awesome! This is Jesus, right? This is Jesus. And I'm not saying we are striving to have every single thing in our life be perfectly wonderful with Jesus and plugged in and connected But honestly, this is our life with God. We're shining. We are shining with his glory. Not so that it's for us. Wow, I'm so pretty. (laughs) My life is so shiny and beautiful. 
It's for everyone else. Look, look and see Jesus. Don't see me. Look at the light that's shining. Look at the peace that's coming out. Look at the joy. Look at the love. Look at the goodness. I have nothing, you guys. I might make you laugh. I could cook you some enchiladas. I don't know. I'm kind of fun, but I got nothing. This is what I have. This is what I have. If you're friends with me, hopefully when you're around me, you feel his joy. Hopefully you feel his love. Hopefully when I pray for you, you're not like, wow, she could pray good. Hopefully you're thinking, God just touched me and rocked my world. Right? That our light would so shine that we're not hiding it under a bushel. I know you guys are singing that song in your head, aren't you? Uh Uh-huh. I knew it. So what I love about Jesus, when you talk about purpose, Jesus knew who he was. He knew who he was. The biggest attack of the enemy, you guys, is identity. I don't care if you're young. I think the young people get it more because they're figuring out who they are. But you can be 80 years old and still be struggling with identity. Why? Because the enemy does not want you to know who you are in Christ. Because if he can stop you, your lights won't shine. Right? So there's this barrage of, well, you're not good enough. You don't measure up. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Jesus loves you. Oh, you're going to share with your neighbors? That's great. You just yelled at your kids. I mean, right on and on and on. He's relentless. But here's what's amazing. God is relentless, and he already did it. Satan's still trying to do it. God already did it. He already paid it. It's already done. Amen? So... I uh, was journaling while I was praying and preparing, and I wrote the word comfort, and you're not going to like this. And I do a circle around it with that big old slash through it. We love to be comfortable. When I come in this building, I'm like, it's cold. And what do I do? I turn up the heat. I want to be comfortable. Everywhere we go, everything that we do, especially in our culture and where we live, we want to be comfortable. Everything's about comfort, right? The things we wear, the places we go. I go to restaurants with the atmosphere because I want to enjoy it. I want to be comfortable. We are not supposed to be comfortable Christians. We are not. And I don't like it, and you don't like it, and it's okay. Jesus never said, okay, get comfy and cozy. It's going to be totally fine. I'll do the work. He was like, come on, let's do this together. Let's go. I already paid it. Let's go. You're mine. And let's get on with this. There are people that need the love of Jesus, right? Second Corinthians, and this is what Paul is talking about, and I love what he says. He says, In all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God. Say, I am a minister of God. You are a minister of God. You don't need a title or a name badge or something on your door that says, Minister Michael Freeman, everybody. You are a minister of the Lord. And he goes through all of this stuff, and I'm not going to read it all. In patience, in tribulation, in distress, in imprisonment, which I've never been to prison. That's, that's pretty crazy, right? Like he's, he's been a lot of different things. In long suffering, in kindness, in truth, in the evil report, in the good report, in honor, in dishonor. In sorrowful, in rejoicing, in the rich, in the poor, having nothing, possessing all things. Right? Those are contrasting things. And Paul is saying, in all of those things, 
we are ministers of God. So when half my lights are on and half my lights are off, I'm a minister of God. When one light is on and most of them are off, I'm a minister of God. He's going to flow out of me if I will let him. And I love that about Jesus, that he displayed that. It didn't matter where he was, who he was with, what season it was, how old he was, if he was with the rich people, the Pharisees, in somebody's home, washing their feet. It didn't matter when or where or who he was, who he said he was. Every minute of every day, he was Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, with full of character and integrity and love and peace and joy and all the things that we know to be true. He didn't turn it off when it got hard. He was who he was. How many times do we turn it off because it's hard? Guys, I've wanted to quit life. I've wanted to tap out. It's too hard. We've all been there. But can we stay true to our Savior? Can we stay connected when we don't understand? Can we say, I still love you when life sucks? Can I still say, I love you and I choose you when I don't understand and my life is falling apart? In tribulation, in goodness, in this, in that, are we staying connected? Do we understand our purpose? Paul knew this well. Paul had been through all sorts of stuff. I don't want to be Paul. There's people who really love Paul, and I love him, but I would not want to be him. He went through all sorts of crazy stuff, right? But he knew who he was. If you read through his messages to the church, he encourages them, and he, he could encourage them because he was there. Half the time he was in prison writing letters because he couldn't physically be there. And he's like, be encouraged. Don't worry about me. Here's what I need you to do. Press into the Lord. Right? He knew who he was. When Jesus was in the manger and he was little, when he was in the temple, when he was doing carpentry work, when he was ministering to people, when he was multiplying bread and wine and fish and loaves, he was the same. He was connected to the Father. Amen? Last word, movement. We have to understand the what. So this is where that picture that I talked about with the person in the chair just sitting there, and God had his arms extended moving the chair. Sometimes I know I get frustrated because I'm like, God, move me because I'm lazy or I'm frustrated or whatever, and I want him to just move me. And then I remember there actually is some things that I do on my part to move the heart of God. Sometimes it's repentance. Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's my mom praying for me. Sometimes it's that intercession. Sometimes it's action of reading his word and loving on people and being inspired and equipped and challenging myself to move. Can God move us? Absolutely. What do the scriptures say? He's moved with compassion. He's moved by her, our prayers. Why would he say pray and don't stop praying? Pray without ceasing. Why would he say that if he was just like, okay, Mark, you're going to move over here and Tiffany, you're going to move over there. He's not a puppeteer. He's not up there just figuring it all out. He, it's, a, it's a relationship with us and him. And that picture, when I saw it, I said, Lord, how, how and what? Like, what's the piece that he's moving? And those are the things. In order for him to extend the arms and move us to that next place, those are the things that have to happen in the spirit before it happens in the natural. It's prayer. 
it's fasting. It's repenting. It's going to the creek to get your heart right before the Lord. It is saying you're sorry when you blow it all the time. It's a whole bunch of things, but it's walking that walk with the Lord. And he's like, ah, and he moves us to that next place. Amen? So God's calling you somewhere else, right? He's, he's a God of tomorrow. He's always speaking to the future. He's always speaking of things to come. So what is it in your life where you're here and he wants you here? Is it something in your business? Is it something, is it a character issue? Is it a ministry opportunity? Is it something he's told you over and over that you're not doing? I have some of those. What is it that you're supposed to be here and you're here? And this isn't condemnation. I'm not fussing at you. I'm trying to get us to move. God wants us to move. Why? Because there's people who need us to move. There's people who need us to shine. There's things in the kingdom that need to happen that can't happen if we're still here. Right? There's things that God wants to do, and he, and we have to move. And I love those scriptures that talk about together. You don't have to figure it out. This isn't on you. What's on you is your relationship and your heart connecting to the Father. And then we move with him. We move with his spirit. Amen? So I'm going to pray this over you, if you wouldn't mind just standing. My heart for you and my prayer for you in hearing this today is that you will desire and hunger to move. It could be as simple as, you know what? I'm going to read my Bible more. Done. Read it. It's awesome. It will inspire you. It will captivate your heart. It will cause you to be hungry. It will cause you to be kinder to people. It will cause you to fall in love with him all over again. If that's all you do, read your word. If it means finding somebody who loves Jesus and saying, hey, can we talk about Jesus over coffee? Can you teach me something that you know about Jesus? Because I just want to know more about him. It could be done in a million different ways, but he wants to move us. And here's the great thing. Most of you want to be moved. I think most of us are made to move. Like, what's the next thing? I'm, I'm, I'm bored here. I'm stuck here. I, I don't like it here. And we want to move. We just don't know how to move. And those are the things that I want us to pray through. Repentance and being intentional. Jesus, it's not a task list, you guys. I'm a tasker and I love to check a box. Done. That feels really good. This is not a task list. This is about being intentional. Jesus didn't do anything unless he heard his father say. That is intentionality. Right? He heard the father say it and then he did it. There was intentional and it was love motivated. Right?